0: Welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast. Uh, I'm Steve, and um, we have a co-host today. Um, Marty had an emergency and had to step out last minute. Um, so we have a guy uh, a lot of you guys probably know from, from Facebook. He's a big contributor to the communities. He goes by A. Leon, um, and uh, why don't you say hi, bud? Hey, everybody. Um, he was kind enough to step in last minute for us, uh, for Marty, and um in and uh, he's going to be talking to a bunch about uh, his experiences he's he's not growing uh, cannabis right now but um he grows a bunch of other stuff and uh, he's a real big uh, community contributor and we thought it'd be nice to have him on the show and um we wanted to uh you know try and diversify the show a little bit so um and still make sure that we had the the show on time this week because of uh, marty having an emergency last minute so Um, he had to step out, but he'll be back next week. Don't worry about him. Nothing happened to him or anything. Um, he just had some matters he had to attend to. Um, and, uh, so, um, this week, um, we've had, uh, things have been coming along in Jamaica. Um, we've been looking at a bunch of new land, um, for one of the, the project that I'll be heading up myself down here. And that's been really fun. And then, um. I've been working on some other projects. There's a project in um, the West Coast that'll be announced here soon um, that uh, you'll get to hear a lot more on. Um, And then uh, I'm headed back to the States here next week, and um, that'll be nice for... I'll be able to do a lot more with the show. I won't be stuck on just my laptop and everything. Um, So that'll be good. Um, Eliana, why don't you tell us about... um, what your kind of setup you have right now, and then uh, you know, what you're doing, and what you have been doing as far as growing and, and everything else.
1: As far as uh, aquaponics goes, because I'm in a rental situation way out here on the eastern slope, uh, the people that I go through to rent they don't allow too big of operation. so I just have a little 10 gallon aquarium with some goldfish in it, and I have a pair of the Aqua Duo filters for the 10 gallon it works i've i'm finding it works really well uh, it's decreased the uh, change out for just a 10 gallon aquarium usually you do that water change out you know every week with your normal filters instead i change the water out maybe once a month and so that's really great it really saves me on water uh, it's just really nice to to watch the environment as it develops and the, the water doesn't really get too dirty even with the goldfish I mean, we all know goldfish are like you know the muddiest fish around they just love their own waste and uh, yes yeah, so that's really great that I only have to change water out once a month on a 10 gallon aquarium uh, inside the AquaDuo filters I'm growing sage so that I could use the sage <laughs> cooking and stuff around the house um, unfortunately yeah just with the rental agreement that I have and uh, also the fact that I'm still on probation. I don't grow any cannabis right now or anymore for now and uh, yeah the rental situation forbids me from growing cannabis even for medical and this is still here in Colorado where you know we're supposed to be legal with it but these rental agencies and a lot of people here in Colorado have been noticing this is that the rental prices have skyrocketed to double the price just in the last, oh, two, three years since recreational came about, but the rentals don't allow you to grow your own marijuana, which is like, you know, they're charging people double and then not letting them grow their own marijuana, and it's just, it's like establishment rape at its finest, I feel. <laughs> so it's, it's made it really hard uh, even even but still, we still have the influx of people moving into Colorado. Everybody's rushing here and rushing to Oregon and Washington, even though rent's going up and it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so unfortunately, I can't do too big of an operation. When I was growing it, I had uh, a 75 gallon uh, watering tank and I filled it with crawfish and grew aquaponic uh, vegetables and cannabis for a medical patient my mother was my medical patient so I was growing for her and I was doing really great I, mean, I, was, I was growing her six oh six pounds every six months just by using crawfish and letting them grow to their almost full size I'd only, I'd only let them grow to four or five feet tall at all flowering and everything and then I'd Harvested down for her, and so that was really great. I figured it cost me about 16 cents a gram when all was said and done because I wasn't spending so much on nutrients anymore. And I had learned about aquaponics years before while I was still living in Arizona. Uh, Arizona, with their their water usage problems, you really always look for ways to conserve that water when you're doing gardening. And so what I had come across aquaponics, I was like, oh, I got to try this. And that was like 15, 20 years ago now, and it was absolutely awesome. You could just go and get a, uh, a cattle pond, you know, the big steel cattle ponds, and uh, raise your fish in that. And what we were raising was just goldfish. We didn't eat the goldfish or anything, so we'd grow the goldfish, and then we were using that goldfish water to water crops, and just grew a multitude of crops, and I was like, I was hooked right then, my life. I just, every, almost every waking minute is spent researching something or listening to other people's questions, answering questions online. And I'm sure as you've seen, you know, when, when it comes to some of the more out there questions, I've, I'm always one of the first ones to answer it because I've already researched these things and seen what other people have done and what I've done personally to make things work. and So I just, I just love sharing what I know. It's been great.
0: So um, how tell us more. You said you were growing. Um, tell us more about your aquaponic cannabis setup that you had there. You said you were, you were growing. Tell us about your setup and... How you had the, you know, all about it.
1: Well, with the aquaponics cannabis that I was, oh, that was about three, four years ago now. But when I was growing it, I had the 75-gallon water trough. I had about 150 crawfish in it. And I just went out to the local lake and caught these crawfish and brought them back and threw them in. And everything was fine. I mean, they were great. Uh with that 75 gallons, it would cycle up to uh, another bin for the bioclarification, and that bin gravity fed down to the cannabis plants and also pumped back over to a flood and drain system that I had growing the vegetables in. So I had the vegetables like tomatoes and lettuce and broccoli and uh, you name it, I would throw it in there and grow it. and. Uh, that was fed through the bio bioclarifier, and then the bio-clarifier was also gravity feeding down to the floor level, and the cannabis was getting all the, the goody goodies, you know. And uh, crawfish do tend to make a lot of waste, but because they're filter feeders, they really keep their water in a pristine condition. I, I can remember uh, the water I had was crystal clear, even though there was sediment on the bottom from all their waste, and so I'd have to, I'd have to go there once in a while with a uh, with like a snuffer bottle and suck up all the extra waste, and I'd fill mason jars with that, and then I'd use that as part of an ingredients with worm tea, and it just did magic. I mean, crawfish and worm tea, I just you can imagine, you know. <laughs> it was really good stuff.
0: Yeah, the other thing, um, at least in a little bit of testing that we did, is that crawfish tend to have a much higher phosphorus level. Um, they sure do. Than other things.
1: Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. They're really great. Uh, the, their waste is really great as well from uh, all their shell casings. Their shell casings are just calcium. So that calcium is fed to the plants in a micronutrient state that's already dissolved in water. And you're getting the phosphorus, you're getting the calcium, um, you're getting a, a little bit of potassium as well. There's, there's a higher potassium level, I noticed, with the crawfish waste as well. So, yeah, crawfish waste is just, uh, it's phenomenal. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Now everybody, everybody that's tried crawfish uh, in their aquaponic systems, they swear by them and you couldn't you couldn't get them to part with their crawfish even if you put a gun to their head and said no more crawfish you know <laughs> they become they yeah. become a definite integral part of any system once you try them
0: yeah so how did you have the root set up for that
1: uh, it was a, a somewhat of a dual root system but uh, uh, they were gravity fed through the uh, i don't know if you're familiar with the autopots have you heard of the Autopots?
0: Sorry, I'm still trying to move um the Octopot, I've heard of Octopots but not the Autopot.
1: Yeah, the Autopot is a little like the Octopot but except where uh, well no, it's pretty much the still the same. But yeah, so it was <laughs> uh, it was somewhat of a dual root system in that the gravity feed was going down to these auto pots that have a, a it's like a, it's like a little miniature toilet bowl uh, kind of mechanism that fits inside of these trays that look a lot like uh, dog waterers, like your automatic uh, pet watering system, and the pots sit inside those, so it was getting this constant flow of, of uh, the the nutrients from the bioclarifier. Uh, through gravity feed and then whenever I noticed you know I need some more magnees or I need some a little higher phosphorus or if it was coming around time to start giving them carbohydrates I could just add that right to the the top of the auto pot and all it would do is just fill the reservoir up a little more and the plants would get it and that wouldn't pollute my aquaponic system so it was it was pretty much what I would consider yeah. to be a dual zone system and that it was getting this constant feed of nitrates, and whenever I needed to add something extra, I'd just add it, and it wouldn't it wouldn't go polluting the whole system, and I wouldn't have to worry. But yeah, it, it worked great. The autopots are really, I, I swear by them, they're really great. They're not too expensive. Um, well, the bigger the system footprint, the more expensive they get, of course. But, yeah, they just work really great. I'll, I'll continue to use the AutoPot systems into the future, for sure.
0: That's cool. I haven't heard of those before. I'll check those up.
1: Yeah, I'll send you some links later on. They're, they're definitely user-friendly, real, real easy to set up. Uh, it only takes about 10 minutes to set them up. For a, I, I had a six-site system and then another six-site system for you know grow versus flowering. And I would, you know, keep rotating my my crop so that I would always harvest something on time when my mom needed it, and uh, it just it worked out really good. And it wasn't too expensive; it was maybe five hundred dollars for all twelve sites. Yeah, that's that bad. bad yeah, it wasn't too bad at all. So yeah, I really swear by them, and uh, they they automatically water themselves, which was just it. It added a whole level of ease to maintaining my system for them to just water themselves. And all I had to do was check them really once a day oh, it needs a little magnesium. Or, and then I'd mix some Epsom salt and give it that without polluting the system. and Or the bio clarifier. Like I didn't have to add anything to the bio clarifier, I'd just add it right to the autopot itself, and the plant would get it. And I was also a really big fan of using grow stones. I know, I know people have seen me post about grow stones before and quite a bit. But I, once, once you try grow stones and you prepare them properly, because they do have to soak in a pH neutral solution. And I was just doing that in my bathtub where I just add some pH down to it and soak them overnight and the next day they were fine. But the uh, the grow stones as they break down, they do naturally break down. That's one thing I found that the website doesn't actually tell you the truth on is that they try to tell you, oh, they don't break down. They're not biodegradable. This and that. But they do break down, and as they break down, they they I've noticed they add silica to your plant, and silica is one of those trace minerals. Yeah, it's one of those trace minerals that not a lot of people. Realize they should actually pay attention to. Silica happens to be a crucial, in my mind, a crucial ingredient for any micronutrient solution because it strengthens the cell wall and makes for a hardier, healthier plant overall. And yeah, the growth stones do that naturally over time, especially if you have worms in the system with it. The worms will help dissolve those silica particles into even smaller particles and then your plants just it sucks them up with the humic acid from worms and uh, another thing I liked about the grow stones is they really cut roots well Uh, it just really turns uh, stringy roots into a root ball and when you got a root ball as everybody knows you're going to Take up nutrients faster and more efficiently on your plant. Your plant's gonna do that way better when you've got
0: this mass of roots. You know. Just, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I'll, on um we we had a bit a lot of luck um when when we were doing in the back working my previous job in the experimental greenhouse, we would put like four bags of those in for every maybe one bag out of every three or four. Bags that we would put to fill up a four, you know, four by four grow bed is about four to six, three by three is four bags, um, 50, 50 liter bags of four by four is, I think is eight or something like that, seven and a half, something like that. Anyways, um, we would use one bag as the grow stones for the silica addition, and um, yeah. the, the only problem we had is if you ever did like a, a whole system with it, it kind of adds too much silica and it raises yeah. the pH a little too much yeah um, so you know it's it's a great thing to mix in um, it's just not a good thing to use as your base um, actually give me a minute or two here and I can pull up a picture of uh, I had a lot of grid luck um, I actually have some real good side by side pictures of um, some aquaponic um, dual root zone versus uh, non dual root zone Tomatoes root structure.
1: Right
0: here we go. So this was from the lab that I took back when I worked at Aquaponics Source. Um, wait, I think I have a horizontal picture here. Two. Yeah, there we go. So these are two tomatoes and they're back to back, and you can see the root size isn't even close. Like it's just night and day different. Not right. even remotely close. And that's right. dual root zone. The bottom one is dual root zone. And the top one is just a tomato that was straight in the media without right. doing dual root zone that was completely dug up real ge- you know, Both of them were dug up very gently and emptied out. And these were anyone that went to Aquaponic Fest. This is that Aquaponic that Source did. This is those tomatoes that were in the dual root zone setup, um, which I also have pictures of. But this was one of the things that we did for showing off to you know, other people that, hey, this, this, you know, this works really well, as far as people that, yeah, here we go. So, I mean, the, the size difference isn't even remotely close. Right. Between, you know, the the one that was in the dual zone had 38% more tomatoes, it had 44% more blooms. You know, it was it was just completely, it wasn't even close. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the reason is, even if you're not even supplementing, you know, simply having the different part of the root structure that can house your mycorrhizae and your terrestrial microbes and, and lactobacilli and things that don't really like to be fully aquatic, right. um, attached to the root zone, it gives them a place to live and to benefit the plant. You also end up with because of that more immunity to the plant as well because it's got it's more microbes that it has to fend off in the very beginning or at least get used to so it makes for the, the it really strengthens the plant's immune system exactly but yeah it is it's nice to hear you preaching about silica a lot of people uh, still don't believe that and it's so well documented in like soil agriculture like field agriculture where it is soybeans and corn and everything else especially the other one is if you're in an area and you have high sodium, um, sodium and heat stress, like in greenhouses, both of those silica dramatically nullifies the, the stress on the plant for both of those much more than anything else you can do for the plant.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well like you were saying, that's that's one thing I've preached about before too, is is having multiple types of media in your bed and I see a lot of these aquaponics systems that people create, and they just use one media type, like the the hydroton or the hydrocorn. And I'm like, why don't they add some lava rocks or some pea gravel to it, something else? Because when you look at, like, a forest floor, it's not just one particle size. Yep. Nowhere in nature will you find one size of particle except on the beach. And out on the beach of sand, what grows in sand? You know, saw grass and you know nothing you want to eat. <laughs> you yep. know, stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you want healthy plants that you can eat, or healthy plants uh, that are gonna flower and bloom correctly, you really do want to pay attention to having multiple types of media in your bed, and it's it's really easy to achieve that. Like you just add, you know, I would say maybe. To every ten parts hydrogen, you would add one part of everything else. You know, like you're, yeah, like your yeah one part grow stones, one part gravel, uh, one part lava rock, and then ten parts hydrogen, uh, or yeah. or any variation thereof. And and bam, you've got a forest floor type of situation where it's not just one particle size. Yeah.
0: So other things that you could throw in your mix, just to, to go on like time release stuff is. Um, biochar, although I'm not a personally a big fan I know a lot of people that really preach that it works well and for nothing else it is a really porous material and it's great um, because it adds free carbon and it is a great place for your microbes to live and house them so if for nothing else it's doing that um, right. but a lot of people you know believe in other beneficial effects um, I'll let you guys decide it on your own, but if you're a fan of biochar, definitely try that. Um, and then Langbanite, which is potassium, magnesium, sulfur.